Y'all ready for this? I'm fading out. Hello and welcome to Chick Flicks. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell. And this is our 2019 wrap-up episode where we discuss our favorite films and performances of the year. Um, so do you want to start by talking about our pop culture resolutions or? Well, we didn't do any, I didn't do any of mine, so I was hoping to ignore them. <laughs> okay. Me neither. But well, actually I did. What? I read a bunch of books this year. That's true. Good for you. But I think, and you did too. No, I didn't read Lord of the Rings or watch all the horror movies on Vulture's so, A to Z list of women in horror. Yeah, so I did realize that that was one of our goals. That was a big goal. That was a big old and goal. I think what ha- I thought about it a lot, but I just couldn't remember what the <laughs> list was from. <laughs> you couldn't actualize it. So now that I like know the list and it's in my mind more, I'm gonna I I'm gonna re I'm gonna uh, ignite the fire again. And say I'm gonna watch the list. Yeah, let's or like let's say we're gonna watch three movies from that list that we haven't seen. I'll before. watch all of them. I watched oh. twenty movies this week. <laughs> I can watch the whole list in a week. Okay, so like this time next year, Mackenzie's like, oh shit, I have to watch <laughs> all of these movies. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I will try to read Lord of the Rings. How about I will say it, I'll re up that one. Didn't you uh, listen to one of them at least? No, I thought you audiobook listen to one. <laughs> no, but I should. That's a great idea. I'll probably get through it more. Yeah. Um. Maybe while I sleep, I could put it on. <laughs> just get it through like osmosis. Listen through that way. You yeah. could just put it. Um, put tuck the book under your pillow and then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I'll osmosis it into my brain. <laughs> um. Ooh, I read. I read. Uh, this sounds like lame, but on Goodreads you can track how many books you read, and I read twenty like books this year, mm-hmm. and so maybe I'll try to read twenty five next year. That's awesome. Yeah, I, really. A good. Go ahead. I wish I need to read more diverse writers, though. That's mm-hmm. another thing I want to improve upon. Yeah, I agree. Me too. That's like I want to. This year, I read a lot of books, but I didn't like. I just read them as I, as they came. I didn't like plan it out, and because of that, a lot of them were just like fluffy books. That nothing wrong with that. Which is like fine, and it and it is the reason why I read so much. Like I read like 60 books and it's because they're all just like fluffy, happy books. But I think, I mean, most of them. So I think Mm. that if I had a list of like, like one book a month where it was like an actual, like serious book (laughs) and I had like a goal of one a month at least. Mm -hmm. And I knew which books they were at the start of the year. That would help me make a list. Yeah. I'm going to make a list. Nice. You should read Sally Rooney's books. Yeah. I love her. Yeah, I do want to start, start there. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking today about, um, I read two, her two books this year. Conversations with Friends is like amazing. Like would reread, cannot wait for any like adaptations that come out. So good. So, okay. so, 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 so good. The other ones just okay. Okay. But read Conversations with Friends. It'll okay. get that good love story, friendship story kick that you need and desire <laughs> in your life. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, quite a strong movie year. I would think. I thought that too, as I was watching all these movies this week. And then I was like, was it though? Because as I compiled my top five, I was like, meh. I was sort of 
like there were a few standouts where I was like, definitely these. But then all the rest, I was like, you know, eh. like this is still the movie, the year that Joker came out. And um, yeah, <laughs> so a, a tarnish. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So do you want to go back and forth like five, five, four, four? Yeah, three, two, two, I one, feel one. like okay. that would be good. Um, cool. I'm excited to hear your list because I don't know a lot of them because I no, it's because I am a crazy person and, like I said, watched, like, three movies a day for the past week, like, and felt abs- like I was dissociated the entire week because of it, so. Uh, yeah. Number five for me is Slut in a Good Way, by directed by Sophie Lorraine. It's a French-Canadian movie about these girls that... Um, there's three best friends and they like live in a suburb and one of them breaks up with a bo- her boyfriend in the first like two minutes and she's sad and they all go into a toy store together Aww. and in the toy store like all the boys that work there are super hot so they decide to apply and start working there and then the girl like has sex with every single guy that works there and it's just like antics ensue and like drama and but it's like super fun and funny. Mm-hmm. It's black and white. Someone compared it on Letterbox to Clerks and Ladybird if they combine. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was fun and very sweet. So that's why, and that's what I look forward to, to be honest, uh, <laughs> in a movie. I want to watch. That sounds so and cute. it's short. It's like an hour and 20 minutes, I think, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's possibly free on prime so okay it's like why not just yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah what about you um my number five is the homecoming film by beyonce and ed burke who's ed burke i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i just was like i have to put his name uh it is a both a concert film and a documentary about the behind the scenes making of the concert film as is the case for everything with Beyonce, you know, it's never going to be an actual like sneak peek or behind the scenes curtain into her life because, you know, she controls what we see. So, um, so fiercely and protectively, but it's, uh, a great movie about a female creative, Mm -hmm. um, like executing her vision and the concert film itself is amazing. Like I remember the first time it was on, uh, the Coachella live stream, staying up to watch it and like until like three in the morning Mm -hmm. And then being able to watch it again and like understand the different steps that went into it was really, really special. I think about that time, the, the, you know, the, the visual precision that led, leads to moments like when they all jump and their outfits change color because yeah. it's between the two weekends. Yeah. Uh, just great, spawned a great concert album too. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't wait to rewatch. Yeah. What's your number four? My number four is Atlantics, a movie on Netflix by Matty. It's on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. I really want to see this. Um, by Matty Diop. She's a French director. And um, it's about this uh, town in Senegal, I think. Mm-hmm. They don't say, but I think it is that. Um, where all of the, like, it's like t- about this, like, sort of tight knit community where. Um, all of the boys and girls hang out at this like club on the beach but one night all the boys disappear and they go into the they go to sea is what they all everyone says and it's because they are building this like futuristic 
looking tower in the middle of the city and their boss isn't paying them. So they go to sea to try and go to Spain to like actually get make money. And um, one of the girls, a lot of the girls have like romantic like mm-hmm. in, uh, relationships with the boys, but one in particular um, is like in love with this boy, but she's promised to marry someone else. And uh, like the week the boys leave, they don't tell any of the girls. So the girls are just like shocked that they disappeared, but she goes to get married and their wedding bed is like lit on fire and they're like, who did it? And they say, it's the guy that went to see that was in love with her. And, um, it is almost like, I guess I won't, I shouldn't like spoil it, but, um, it's almost like a ghost story in mm-hmm. the vein of like personal shopper or something like that, where it's like this mm-hmm. like quiet, uh, like beautiful mm-hmm. ghost story, except this one is also like a love story too. Um, but it's really good. I definitely recommend it. So I want to watch it. It looks beautifully yeah. shot too. Yeah, it is beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my number four is Us by Jordan Peele. Um, you know, I don't think it, it was his as good as his debut movie Get Get Out, but um, such a fun movie to watch. One of my favorite movie going experiences of the year mm-hmm. was seeing Get Out. Uh, I'm sorry, Us with Jenny and Tim in a packed theater, like on its opening night such a fun contagious feeling in the room um and i think why not always successful in what it's trying to do especially in its like third act twist um it's a movie that i think will garner like a lot of rewatches um you know and Mm -hmm. and has as with his as with get out you know like an instant horror classic yeah Uh, and i hope lupita gets recognized for her performance um and gets many many awards Mm -hmm. uh you can listen to our chiclet on us, which mm-hmm. came out in March, I think. Yeah, or whenever the movie was out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? What is time? Mm-hmm. What's your number three, Mackenzie? Uh, my third is One Child Nation, a documentary by Nan Fu Wong and Lin Zhang. And it's um, about the one child policy in China. And mm. I had always known about the one child policy, but I never thought i i didn't realize how like serious like serious yeah how serious it was and because i had two chinese kids living like a brother and a sister live with us in high school um lee and juan uh shout out if they listen (laughs) but um and they and so because they were brother and sister i was always like they must not like take it that seriously Mm, and like i never thought about it anymore but i watched this documentary and it's like crazy like and the woman who like made it is chinese and i feel like there was really no other way to for like i feel like if like a white person from america made it it would be like a completely different movie and it would be a bad movie so i was really glad that it was from her perspective and it was like her story because it had a lot to do with like her family and Mm -hmm. um at first i thought it might be a sort of like anti-abortion movie at the mm-hmm. very beginning, but 
the way that she does the documentary is like so well done. Like it's such a good documentary that yeah. by the end you're just like, wait, no, it's just like about, it really is about like choice on either side. Mm. And she wraps it up at the end saying like, I grew up in this country where women didn't have a choice to have another child, but in America, they're trying to take away the choice not to have a child. Mm. And it was like, mm. both are just like horrible, but I yeah. mean, and did they do it as like population control? I don't yes, know much about it. Either. It was like a um, policy that was put in place. Um, the, they fo- focused mostly on like the 80s to 90s, but it just got like, like they just stopped it in 2015. So, um, yeah. But in the, they basically like, they would say in propaganda that it was like a war against population um, because uh-huh. there was such a big population. But now they cha- they stopped the one child policy. And now they're pushing like two children because there aren't enough young people to care for older people. Mm. And like it, um, it was like like pretty horrible what the government was doing. Like they were, if you had more than one kid, like they would like fine you a crazy amount that you couldn't afford that was like the least horrible thing that could happen but they would also like destroy your house like with construction equipment they would take all your possessions or they would kidnap the woman and force induce pregnancy and then kill the baby if it was like even in like nine months like or a lot of the women and it, it also she also talks a lot about um how the everyone wanted a boy so all the Mm. little girls would like she was she has a younger brother and her parents are allowed to have a younger uh Mm. like another kid because um she was born first and they wanted to try again for a boy and so they had to wait five years and then they could have a boy but if it was a girl they would have just like left her out on the street and it was also it talked a lot about like human trafficking and how that became really big because like the like people would just like walk down the street and see like five babies and they take the babies to the orphanage and the orphanage would pay them for the babies and then the babies get adopted out to like america and then the government realized that they could be making that money instead of the like people that were walking around so the the government would just start taking children from like their families selling them to the orphanages and then the uh government would be would be making that money so there was like this one story of like a 16 year old girl who had a twin that was taken from her family forcibly by the government and sold to an orphanage and then adopted out to America but yeah it was just it was such a thoughtful and like and and like she interviewed her family and her family was like we had to do the one child policy like there's no other way like we would starve without it so it's like she she was saying she was like I'm angry at my family that like nothing could be done there was like no choice but it was like the government and it was just yeah it was it's a really it was like an awesome documentary and that's uh, on amazon i can't wait to watch i keep seeing it sorry that was so much (laughs) (laughs) what about you um to pivot to something entirely different (laughs) my third movie of the year is hustlers by lauren um scafaria uh, I hope I said either of those words. <laughs> um, I was really surprised by this movie. I 
thought it was going to be kind of like a fun or more fluffy film, but it's like a true crime drama. Mm. Um, and at its center is this very complex relationship between two women played by Constance Wu and Jennifer Lopez. And I think it serves as like many different interesting things. It's a very, it's like a time capsule. It's, um, an interesting film about like, about, I mean, like, I think, you know, there's this idea sometimes, um, that like feminist filmmaking, you have to like have like strong female characters, like SFC, you know, Mm -hmm. like all caps, but this is a movie about women who are like not exactly, um, you know, like living in the light. They are, you know, like have this criminal enterprise, Mm -hmm. but, uh, is a a moving portrait of them nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And, um, a story we don't often see told. Mm -hmm. I really, really enjoyed it. And I love the, all the different needle drops in it that (laughs) make it such an interesting, um, peek into our past. Mm -hmm. I love, I've watched the scene where, uh, Usher comes into the club and all the women dance oh. on this like shitty YouTube poll like many times after I've shown it to people who haven't seen it. I'm like, you have to see this movie. I've done the same. This is crazy. <laughs> I know. And it's like a, such a bad clip on YouTube, yeah. but really, really great. Um, I think only, you know, I, I heard that like Martin Scorsese at some point was like interested in this film. I'm so happy that Lauren, um, got to make it instead. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I hope that Jennifer Lopez gets an Oscar nom too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she should win, but she was really good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I she agree. She was really good. Like, I feel like I know mm-hmm. women like her in real life, you know, or at least, yeah. you know, like she was really good. Yeah, she was awesome. And our friend's grandfather defended the real life character <laughs> she's based on, woman she's based on. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> Mackenzie, what's your number two pick? My number two is The Farewell by Lulu Wong, based on her podcast or right radio story podcast story yeah i think this american life yeah um about her it's like based on her true life but she um in the movie her like avatar or whatever is played by Mm. aquafina the character's name is billy and she it's about like a chinese family where they lie to Mm. the grandma about her having cancer and then they uh, one of her cousins, her her cousin, her only cousin, like mm-hmm. uh, pretends to get married so that or gets married, I guess. So as an excuse mm-hmm. for all the family to come and say goodbye to the grandma um, and so so that the grandma won't know that they're saying goodbye because they don't want her to know that she has cancer. And it's like a like it's a gorgeously made movie, but it's also like uh it it's it's really well written too those the story is great it's crazy that it's like it beautiful things like this can happen in like real life i obviously this is a movie but like it's based on a real story but um i was also super close to my grandma and when, when so i think this like struck a chord for me because yeah. like at the end when billy's so like waving goodbye like she's saying goodbye to her grandma and thinks it's gonna be like the last time she ever sees her and she really doesn't want to leave she wants to sort of stay but she can't because there would there's really no yeah there's no reason that she would stay other like it would reveal it you're right and um but the grandma is like crying uh, crying herself 
and the taxi is just driving away i like destroyed me i was i know crying so so much um yeah and it was just such a good movie too like from start to finish it was like a beautiful movie so yeah it is a movie that like really challenged your like cultural perspective too you know i heard lulu wong on the radio talking to terry gross about how she brought her grandmother to the film set Mm -hmm. but the lie is still like happening yeah you know like (laughs) She still does not know. They lied to her what the movie was about. Mm-hmm. Um, and Terry Gross was like, whoa, you did? Like, isn't that fucked up that you're doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's... And the movie a- talks about that, too. The movie... It, I think, like... The movie does a good job about talking about, like... Or like, Billy's fam, like, mother and father moved to America when her uh, aunt and uncle moved to Japan and, like, the Mm. grandma stayed in China. And it's, like, talking about, like, different cultures and, like, the other aunt is sending their son to America for college College. and stuff. And, like, they there was, like, this tension. And it talked about that in a really, like, thoughtful way, I feel like. And Mm -hmm. there was a point where, like, the... And it's like, and it, I mean, there's so much to talk about with this movie. I feel like I could just keep going, but like the, um, like she hasn't seen her grandparents that much since she moved to America. It's like a big trip to make like China to America. It's like very expensive. And, um, she, uh, I think the grandpa, she didn't go see him ever again after she left, I think and he had died and there's this really beautiful shot that shows like she like wakes up and thinks she sees him like smoking but then she like looks and it's just like the smoke and i don't know i it's so good and the birds it's really good yeah the repeated bird motif yes really really good love the farewell Mm -hmm. so that's my number two what about your number two my number two, I guess we can talk about this at the same time because it's your number one, yeah. <laughs> but it's Parasite by Bong Joon-ho, uh, the sensation sweeping the nation. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves Parasite. I have yet to see a bad parrot, like a negative review of Parasite. Okay. So on Pop Culture Happy Hour, one of the people on that, on their episode about oh, Parasite yeah. didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember. I remember that. I'm like, she was like, it was too broad or like too silly or something. I forget. Oh, she was like, it was because she liked like genre and she was like, I just wanted to be just genre. Just like, genre. I don't want it to be. But I feel like that's his movies, though. His movies are like, um, you know, supplanting like these genre twists like, on regular dramas. Yes. Parasite, I'm going to say it, is a perfect movie perfect movie like oh my god anyone who says they don't like it is just wrong <laughs> i'm sorry you know, I, was, uh, I saw on twitter the other day the um someone had pulled like the picture of the i think like snow falling and it said like you will come up it was the son's letter to his dad at the mm-hmm. end of the film oh rough rough um yeah the- just like a movie that i didn't know a lot about going into mm-hmm. and was just so pleasantly surprised by i mean i i I like his other movies a lot too Mm -hmm. but i think this and the host are my favorite of his films Mm -hmm. by far i wasn't crazy about okja Mm -hmm. or uh snowpiercer Mm -hmm. um 
I think because this is such a combination, it's such a topical and contemporary movie too about class. Um, in a lot of ways, Korea has a lot in common with, um, South Korea has a lot in common with America. You know, it's very easy to, uh, see ourselves in these characters. Um, and it's just, I love all these different movies that are coming out too about like class relations, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of occurs to you by watching the movie that it's not the poor family. That's the parasites. It's the rich family who have, need them for every aspect of their life, you know, mm-hmm. um, and are leeching off of them. Uh, I love every performance in it. I really like, um, the father played by, uh, da, da, Song Kang Ho. Uh, I love the daughter's performance. It's just, it's a really fun movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like uncertain of where it's, where it's taking you until the very end. Great. Yeah. Great. great I, film. um, and so, yeah, this is my number one movie of the year and probably of the past, like, five years mm-hmm. or something. It's just, like, when I finished, when I, like, the movie ended, I was, like, this is why I love movies. Like, this is mm, just, like... That feeling. I, it's, like, so, it is, you know, the feeling where it's, like, oh, just, like, such a good yeah movie. Like, what a piece of, like, art. <laughs> Sorry, to, I feel like it sounds like an no, asshole. It's but true. it's, like, so good. It's just, like... It is like a cool, like, it's a very, he, like, okay, so like in all, oh, I think The Host is my second favorite by him, but mm-hmm. I also haven't seen like uh, Mother or a few mm-hmm. other ones by him, like, but Snowpiercer and Oakja, I wasn't that thrilled at. Yeah. But, and those seemed like almost like, the balance of like genre and I feel like this had like a touch of more like seriousness or something into it which helped like balance it out and I don't know this is like peak Bong Joon-ho I'm like yeah or maybe he'll make more that are like this please that would be great but um yeah the one thing I would like to see like some writing about is the uh, like Native American indigenous yes. thing. Yes. Um, cause I just, I mean, I could like speculate about it as much as I want, but it does like, I'm also not like an indigenous American person. So mm. I would like to see some like writing from, an, I saw a writer on Twitter the other day, like asking around like who would publish a native, like an indigenous yeah, woman. I saw um, that too. So I hope she gets yeah. picked up and, um, yeah, because that'd be very cool. Because, like, from in America, if we some see someone like, like a, like rich white family, or any mm. anyone who's not like a Native American wearing like a headdress, which is something that happens in Parasite, we would be like, okay, what the fuck? <laughs> this is like fucked up. Why are they doing that? Yeah. Um, but they do do it in Parasite, and. It's made by like a, obviously it's made by it's a Korean movie, so it's like what does that mean in that? It's bad, right? <laughs> I don't well, know. Yeah, the, the context is different. Yeah, yeah like um, but yeah. yes. So I'm just interested about that because I think there mm-hmm. is a lot that like in this movie and the host how like America can have like a negative influence on 
other cultures or countries. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that could possibly, like, have something to do with it. Like, how rich people... I mean, sort of, well, you know, I'll stop talking about it. I'm just like doing that thing where I inset myself. <laughs> I'll wait till someone else writes about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's such a good movie. I'll watch it a million times. It's just like, it has like heist aspects, thriller aspects, ghost aspects, family drama. It's got it all, it's baby. It's so good. Anyway, what's your number one? <laughs> My number one is The Souvenir by Joanna Hogg, starring Honor, Swinton Byrne, Tom Burke, and Tilda Swinton. Um, I saw this movie by myself, and uh, it's such a quiet film that, I don't mean this in a bad way, it like lulled me to sleep at one point. Um, not because I wasn't interested, I think I also was like sick, maybe, I don't know. But when I woke up, I was uh, like, maybe I should leave, but it, it just captured my interest again. I probably only was out for you know a couple of minutes. Um, but it's a portrait of a creative type we rarely see again, kind of to put it almost in conversation with Homecoming. Um, an uncertain young woman who's looking to take control over her filmmaking. She's in film school. And culturally, we have a very masculine idea of what directors are, what they're like. You know, they're like commanding um, masculine presences on set. Uh, you know, they scream action. <laughs> uh, but she, this character, Julie, is played um, by Honor Swinton Byrne and... She's also in this abusive relationship with her heroin addict uh, boyfriend. And that part of her life starts subsuming all other parts of her life. So it's this movie about as a director uh, and like a writer, she's trying to like become controlling and become in control of her life. But she is actually like increasingly losing control of her life. Um, And it's these two stories being told at once, but they're actually like the same story. It's also another very interesting story about class. When you're introduced to the the two characters, the boyfriend and... um, uh, Julie, at first you think that perhaps she is like struggling and poor and he wears kind of like these fancy outfits and you think he might be an aristocrat and then you realize it's the exact opposite. Like she's wealthy enough to kind of slum it and he has to, you know, dress beyond his means, um, to get by. There's so many moments in this movie that I keep coming back to, um, and would love to watch again. Uh, you know, there's, scenes of him and his, the thrall of addiction. And I normally don't even really like, like, addiction movies mm-hmm. but it's it's not really about him or about his addiction so much as it's about her and you're so closely aligned with her perspective the whole time too there's this one shot i always think about um she's on set a lot helping out in film school or directing herself and sometimes she's very uncertain sometimes she's more in control and there's just this one scene and it's um after something happens with her boyfriend that i won't ruin that she looks directly at our camera like the viewer's mm-hmm. camera and it's all dark around her and she's just gazing into the camera almost like disassociating um, so it's just a really lovely movie about movies, about filmmaking, and about, like, first love. And Joanna Hogg is going to make a sequel, because it's based on, like, an autobiographical movie. Um, she's going to make a sequel. Robert Pattinson was going to be in it, but I think he dropped out, Aww. which is a huge bummer. <laughs> um, I just want to see, continue, like, see the rest of her life story. Yeah. Um, she didn't make her first film until she was 47, oh. which is so special and amazing. Um Tilda Swinton's also really great in it. It's just a lot of really great performances. It's a quiet, lovely film um, that I, I really, really enjoyed. And it's a great apartment movie. A lot of it happens in her apartment. <sighs> so that's my top five. We just did Mackenzie's. Mackenzie, what were some of your favorite performances of the year? We kind of touched on a few already in our um, talk. I really liked the... Oh, God, I don't even know his name. One sec. <laughs> 
Who? The kid in Honey Boy. He doesn't have a name. Just the kid in Honey Boy. No, it's a name. He has a name. Huh. Uh, Noah Jupe. Noah Jupe. Shout out Noah Jupe. Noah Jupe in Honey Boy was very good. He plays Shia LaBeouf slash, like, so Tiny Boy is a movie about, written by Shia LaBeouf when he was in rehab about him writing the movie while he was in rehab and about mm. and uh, about his, him growing up with, like, an abusive father. And um, mm. the kid that plays him as the younger self is uh, by this kid named noah jupe and he does such a good job he's like he is like in contrast to the better watch out 12 year old that we talked about last week he is a sweet 12 year old who like also has some weird moments with an older woman in the movie but it doesn't the way it's uh directed i think makes it because it's directed by a woman named Alma Harrell and she does a really good job. He seems like a kid still. And um, like he's playing like make-believe and stuff like that. And it's, he gives like a really heartbreaking performance. So that's one of them. Mm -hmm. And then Lupita and Us, Beyonce and Homecoming, obviously, performance of the year. (laughs) Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, What about you? Uh, I mentioned already the father, Song Kang-ho in Parasite, Lupita in Us as well. Florence Pugh in Midsummer has grown on me a lot. Yeah. Um, she's become so memed yeah. that it's hard to return to the performance almost, mm-hmm. but she's really she's really great. There's, yeah, I think, uh, I don't really know a lot of men that I liked in movies. It's a tough year for men. Get out there, men. Try your harder. <laughs> Um, Mackenzie, what were your favorite movies we covered on the podcast this year? Um, I think the same as you. Wait, mm-hmm. what were yours? My list is The Descent, Mustang, Personal Shopper. You added in Aliens. That was really fun. I forgot we did Aliens mm-hmm. and our James Cameron episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we watched a lot of really great movies this year. We watched some bad ones too. Yeah. I feel like we had more of a, more of a mixed bag than we did in our first year of Chick Flicks. Well, our first year um, was only like three months. <laughs> That's true, but this was a wide range, and yeah. you can listen to those episodes that we recorded um, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We have a big back catalog now yeah. of movies that we've talked about um, of all sorts of genres. Uh, and what are you looking forward to in 2020? I honestly don't know. I was thinking of some when I was, uh, saw Black Christmas today. I saw some trailers, and okay. I was like, that remember that and now it's just deleted from my yeah. brain i think that one pop culture resolution that we should have in this year aside from watching the vulture a to z women in horror yeah. is we should be more on top of chiclets and make like sure. cultural chiclets Cultural, yeah, culturally we should, relevant we should, we should do more tv chiclets because i'm just cranking out tv shows all the time yeah well, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should have done one like on Unbelievable. That would be What else? Yeah, we could do more. We could do more. Um, I think I'm excited for our first foray into uh, romantic comedies coming up this February. Yes. Um, Let us know your favorite romantic comedies. Yeah. My honorable mentions for movies that I saw in like this year, Midsommar, 
which, you know, I feel like I have a contentious relationship with. I enjoyed it. I would love to watch it again. But do I like it? I don't know. I feel like it's growing in my memory as good because so many people like it and so many people talk about it. And so it's in so many people's top movies. But I... Mm -hmm. When I think back to my like initial reaction, I wasn't in love with it. But maybe if I rewatched it, it I, is kind of like a women are crazy movie. You're right. Yeah, I also loved Crawl. I thought that was a really fun monster movie. Mm-hmm. Great movie going experience. The Farewell, which we talked about, and I wanted to throw in there Detective Pikachu. Saw this on a Sunday afternoon with my friend Hannah. It's just really lovely to go to the movie with a friend sometime, and we were two adult women in a screening of Detective Pikachu, and I got the twist like probably a half hour before it was revealed wow and it was such a satisfying moment i was like the dad is the fucking pikachu <laughs> i was like sorry kids in front of me <laughs> i figured it out what about you mackenzie what are your honorable mentions you know i almost put detective pikachu in there too because what just what a good it's fun it's fun to see the pokemon world done right like that yeah you if know? movies were candy pikachu would be candy <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. That, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also liked um, Rafiki by Wanuri Ka- Kahiu. Fuck. I don't, I'm sorry. I must have butchered that. But it's about, um, it's this lesbian love story in Kenya. And it's like a very like lush movie it's very like colorful mm-hmm. um and sweet there's just there is like a really violent part which sort of kind of knocked it down for me but um other than that i would highly recommend it and i think it's like a dollar on amazon and it's only like an hour and a half or something so definitely recommend it it's um mostly very sweet and like beautiful to watch so uh, and then uh i i did like high life by claire denny with yeah, robert that. pattinson it was like super weird um but like cool too and had like some striking images uh and good performances by like i said robert pattinson julia binoche and like some other people too so um and it's like a space movie too, so space movies are mm-hmm. fun. Um, uh, I'm gonna say the last like 20 minutes of Her Smell by Okay Oxars Perry. I would recommend, but not the rest of the whole okay. movie. I'll fast forward through it. You should. Oh, that, that's a movie I want to see in 2020. Is The Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss? It's like a yeah. scary movie. Yeah. Well. Thank you guys for listening to us in 2020. If you haven't left, no, thank you. Well, I'm already, I'm looking ahead. Okay. <laughs> for just, a second, I'm sorry. just kidding. Thanks for listening to us in 2019. Uh, we love doing this show. 2019 highlight, of course, um, working on chick flicks, talking to Mackenzie every week. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it would really help us out if you left us a review on wherever you get your fucking re- podcast well oh, you, oh, oh sorry, actually only review us on apple podcasts i mean you could only review us on apple you could podcasts, review us sorry. other places too but like if you listen to us on spotify maybe take a sec download itunes review us delete it like please review us shout out nathaniel chapman fucking do it <laughs> <laughs> Um, our next episode is going to air on january 13th we don't know what it will be we will surprise you with it yes Stay tuned. So stay tuned. Um, 
Yeah. Chick Flicks is researched and written by me, Bridget Hovell, and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Tim Grief Carlson for our music, and thank you for listening to Chick Flicks in 2019. We will see you in the new year. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. <laughs>